Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. The most listened to radio show in the nonprofit sector, dedicated to helping your charity succeed. It's no secret that combining online and offline techniques is the key to fundraising success, and practical nonprofit management advice is what you need. The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart is the perfect landing point to learn from experts around the world who provide advice you can use. Ted Hart is without a doubt one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. Also a successful author, his books range from successful online fundraising to expert nonprofit management. Guests on The Nonprofit Coach are leaders in their field who share their insider tips and trade secrets in a conversational style both the experienced and novice will benefit from. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, Ted and his guests help you and your organization move to greater levels of efficiency and fundraising success. This is a live call-in show. Add your voice by calling 347-324-3080. After the show, you can find all our podcasts at tedhart.com. Click on Radio. Don't forget to dial 347-324-3080. Now, welcome the host of The Nonprofit Coach, Ted Hart. And it is great to have you back here on the show. Thank you. I hope that all of our listeners in the Northern Hemisphere enjoyed their summer and our summer hiatus. And our listeners in the Southern Hemisphere, I hope you've had a wonderful winter and looking forward to uh, a warmer weather for you. We are back here on the Nonprofit Coach, and of course, being away on our, on our summer hiatus here in the Northern Hemisphere, that means that we have an awful lot to catch up with. Uh, just remind uh, all, of our, uh, all of our listeners uh, that uh, you can, as the uh, opening uh, credits uh, mentioned, you can call in and speak to our page two expert by dialing 347-324-3080. Uh, you can also join us over in the chat room. I see a number of uh, uh, folks over in the chat room. You can ask questions there. Uh, or if you're super shy, you can always email me your questions to tedhart at tedhart.com. As always here on uh, The Nonprofit Coach, we start with page one news. And back from our hiatus, uh, joining us here first on the Nonprofit Coach uh, is Jackie Enterline. Jackie is bringing us the Guide Star Minute. Uh, and Jackie, if you need a couple of minutes, I understand we've been away for several weeks, so I imagine there's a lot to catch up with over at Guide Star. Take it away. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So I believe last time we chatted, we were just about to launch our newest seal of recognition and that was Guide Star Platinum. So a little recap on that. That was right before you went on hiatus. That launch, we've already seen over 1,000 nonprofits earn the Platinum Seal of Transparency, and they keep updating and adding more metrics to track and show the progress they're making toward their mission. So that's been really exciting and something we're looking forward to continuing through 2017. Um, but also launched at Guide Star is the new search tool, so if you haven't been on lately and you go to guidestar.org backslash search, it has new features, makes it a lot easier to search, and you can search by specific fields, cause areas, location, seal level, et cetera, and just makes it a lot easier to kind of compare and contrast organizations or help find an organization similar to yours that you can use to benchmark. Talk, talk to me if you don't mind me interrupting. If you don't mind me interrupting, 
talk a little bit more because it, it, it ties in somewhat to uh, our page two topic today. Um, the features of GuideStar that allow you to do benchmarking, uh, because I think that's that's a concept that a lot of nonprofits are really intrigued by in terms of how they can measure themselves. How can GuideStar mm-hmm. help? Of course. So through GuideStar Platinum, basically it asks any organization to put in the metrics they're already tracking. They can either compare with the Common Results Catalog, which is a list of over 700 metrics through all different cause areas, or they have the option, if they're kind of a unique snowflake, as we like to call it, they can put in their own metric. And if another semi-unique snowflake comes along and puts in a similar metric, that gets added to the common results catalog. So it's kind of creating beyond the living document, but creating a common language in the sector. So you're able to see what other organizations like your own is tracking. And it will either be similar to what you're tracking or you can be, oh, now I can track that. I didn't know how to go about it. Well, that's, uh, that's very important, I think, for um, all of our mm-hmm. listeners uh, to be able to learn from others, but also benchmark and to set uh, descriptions of how they can succeed mm-hmm. and show that to their communities. Absolutely. So yeah, I interrupted We're looking you. forward. <laughs> no problem. Happy to discuss that. Um, and just a couple things coming up. We're just as busy throughout the rest of the year as we were through all of 2016, but we have some exciting webinars coming up if any of your, uh, anyone's interested. For Giving Tuesday, we have what we're calling the Giving Tuesday Game Changer webinar, where we're hosting a webinar to kind of show nonprofits how they can maximize their fundraising potential through Giving Tuesday and all of giving season. So we have the director of strategy from 92nd Y, basically the founders of Giving Tuesday, and then a fundraising expert, Adam Weingart, from Double the Donation. And they're going to be on there giving tips for nonprofits. We also have a series of overhead myth webinars coming up, which we're really, really excited about. And so they discussed how technology, media, um, and sector leaders can change the conversation about overhead. So that's a series of three webinars happening. The first one, I believe, is October 11th, and then about a month later and a month after that. And so to check out those and register for them, you can go to guidestart.org backslash webinars. That's great. Um, I just want to share with uh, all of our listeners today that uh, for those that are interested in a little uh, video side to the Nonprofit Coach, uh, you can go to my Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash Ted Hart, and we are broadcasting live on Facebook uh, in addition to uh, the audio feed on the Nonprofit Coach. Now, of course, to listen to all of the audio feed of all of our guests, uh, you do need to uh, uh, listen live on uh, uh, our Blog Talk Radio uh, site. So make sure that you have both going today uh, so you can uh, have a little video to go along with the audio. Uh, so, uh, Jackie, go ahead and uh, let's uh, wrap up the GuideStar Minute. Of course. So feel free to check out any of those links. The webinar link and search is guidestar.org backslash search or guidestar.org backslash webinars. We also recently, a couple weeks ago, launched our compensation report, which is our 16th annual nonprofit compensation report. So shows trends um, throughout the sector. So that's at guidestar.org backslash compensation. And, of course, that really has become a standard uh, in the industry and goes back to, again, measuring yourself against uh, your colleagues in, uh, in the field and understanding uh, the, the compensation metrics uh, for organizations of your type. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So terrific. Jackie Enterline, thank you so much for being our guest here. We look forward to the GuideStar Minute next month. Great. Thank you so much, Ted. And next up here on the Nonprofit Coach here on Page One News, again, coming back off from our hiatus here, uh, George Hamilton is with us. And uh, George, I'm sure there's a lot going on over at CFRE, uh, so bring us up to date. Yep, Ted, I, I hope you enjoyed your, your midsummer hiatus. Um, there is not one here well, at CFRE International. <laughs> um, 
So first off, um, just in the sort of macro view level, I wanted to share with your listeners that, that 2016 is shaping up to be another good solid year of growth for the CFRE credential, uh, both in North America and, and internationally. Um, as of today, there are nearly 5,850 currently certified CFREs around the world. And we're, we're on pace, it looks like, for another year, um, a third year in a row of 10% year-over-year um, growth in the number of applications for initial certification that we're receiving. Um, so we're, we're seeing some, some good indicators of another year of growth for the credential. Um, another exciting thing that, that happened since we last talked is that um, CFRA International has now actually approved um, our new strategic plan, which will uh, carry the organization um, with focus through 2019, um, and we're, we're going to be announcing that um, in the coming weeks publicly. Uh, but I wanted to give your your listeners just a, a quick like, snippet of what the general focus areas are for that plan. Um, first, um, we want to um, engage a wider variety of partner, partner organizations um, in the process of of creating and extending best practices in ethical fundraising um, so that you know the CFRO, CFRE role in demonstrating the knowledge of best practices uh, can be further expanded around the world. Um, currently, the primary partner organization type that we have is the, is the professional association, and that, that is a wonderful partner partnership um, for, for both organizations. Um, but we're really, under the new strategic plan, going to be looking to expand partnerships um, beyond simply the, the professional association representing fundraisers and try and reach out into the What um, sorts of uh, additional types of, of groups would you be looking to partner with beyond the professional organizations? Um, Oversight groups like like GuideStar, for instance, um, were, are particularly um, of interest for us, as well as um, sort of NGO organizations like like the UNICEFs and and groups like that. Um, so so big players where, in the where they would be promoting to their to their own members and their own staff uh, as a mechanism for further training and benchmarking on the global scale. Um, yes, promoting, but also sort of um, first really engaging them with the credential and the credentialing process and, and the standard setting process um, so, that, so that within their organization they have a, a strong understanding of the role that the CFRE certification can play um, in extending best practices across the sector. That's terrific. What other updates do you have for us uh, from CFRE? Well, let me just share a couple more of the primary um, focus areas of the, of the plan because I think uh, one thing that your listeners would be particularly interested in is a, another major focus area will be ensuring that all potential CFRE certification, uh, certificates have access to consistently excellent exam preparation resources. That's really one, one thing that sort of has been um, the focus of our partner organizations on the association side, um, and it's it's really become clear that availability and delivery is not equally accessible for all fundraising professionals around the world. Um, so CFRE is, is looking to take a, a larger role in ensuring that there is consistent um, and re readily deliverable exam preparation materials available to potential certific certificates. So this is, this is sort of expanding the prep side just as uh, I think it was uh, last year or the year before uh, you, you partnered with a professional testing group that expanded the capacity for people to actually access testing groups. That's, the testing that's site exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, that's, that's terrific. Again, broadening uh, the capacity for CFRE to be accessible uh, to professionals uh, certainly is something that the nonprofit coach um, appreciates and supports as uh, we remain very supportive of the CFRE credential. Uh, we thank you so much, uh, George Hamilton, for joining us again as we're coming off from our, our hiatus here uh, for the CFRE Minute. And we look forward to having you back next month uh, to keep us posted on all the initiatives and changes that are taking place as CFRE continues to sort of deepen its uh, involvement uh, and outreach, uh, making it accessible to professionals at all levels. Great, and we really appreciate your help and support with that. You can always count on the nonprofit coach. 
that is uh, George Hamilton from CFRE. Next up uh, here on uh, the nonprofit coach again, uh, uh, fulfilling our non- our uh, page one news duties. We're very happy uh, to uh, to have uh, uh, Lauren Bradford, the director of global partnerships, and Kate uh, Tachik, uh, who is the manager of uh, funding information network, uh, here on the nonprofit coach uh, for the foundation center minute. Uh, so bring us up to date, uh, Lauren and Kate. And what is new and what our listeners should know is going on at the Foundation Center. Welcome here to the Nonprofit Coach. Great. Thank you for having us. Um, so I'm Lauren and Kate's going to have a chat with you all after me. I just want to tell you about uh, our data strategy and capacity building program, which is part of Foundation's global strategy to work to strengthen uh, the philanthropic sector around the world in partnership uh, through data and knowledge. So... As we know, uh, all of us want data, and that's come up already on the show today, but the data doesn't always necessarily exist. Um, And it seems to exist more so in the U.S. because we're forced to collect data, but in many other countries, those same protocols and processes are not mandatory or exist. So we just don't know the impact that foundations are having in other countries on sectors like health or what the funds are that are being directed by local operating foundations and what the impact of that spending is and how it relates to government programs or international aid. And therefore, as a result, we have no way of knowing if philanthropy is actually making a difference or if these dollars could be used more effectively. So with this issue in mind, we've realised that Part of the reason for this is many countries don't have a culture of uh, data collection, processing, analysis, or sharing um, for various reasons. And so to address this issue and strengthen the sector, we've created our data strategy and capacity building program. Um, And we've been running this in East Africa this year, and in particular in Kenya for the last few months. And... We do that in partnership with the East African Association of Grant Makers, the Kenya Philanthropy Forum, the Kenya Community Development Foundation, and the SDG Philanthropy Platform, which is our partner and also a a program that we're a partner in. Um, And I'll just uh, jump in and and mention the uh, CAF America, which is the organization I serve as CEO, as a partner on the SDG Philanthropy Platform. Absolutely. Good reminder. Thank you, Ted. And we love having CAF as a part of this program. Um, And so what this program does is it aims to strengthen the local foundations and associations of foundations to develop their own long-term sustainable in-country data strategies and to better understand and fill their capacity gaps through skill development and for us to highlight and provide tools to enable foundations to better work with data. And so the way we do this is through working in partnership, we hold a data scoping meeting in country after doing um, background uh, research with different partners to understand the current context within that country, what the data issues are. And that meeting allows participants from across the sector in Kenya and in any country to establish principles for collaborative data and knowledge management to determine local data and knowledge challenges and needs to leverage technology for collecting and sharing data and knowledge, to understand the link between global and local knowledge initiatives, to discuss the components of what a local data strategy would ideally include, and to collectively develop a set of local data and knowledge priorities and goals. And so this is very much a collective process. And then following the data scoping meeting, which is the first component of the work, then we hold a capacity building workshop with the same participants and any additional participants. Um, And that workshop builds on the priorities and goals that were identified. So in Kenya, the goals and priorities that were identified were creating a value proposition because uh, it's quite difficult for uh, other organizations within the sector and even outside the sector or beneficiaries or recipients to understand how the, the importance of data. So it's very much about uh, telling that story. And another goal was uh, building capacity and ensuring inclusivity of different partners and types of data, creating a culture of collaboration and building trust in data processes, 
and then uh, developing a data system in country that would be locally owned and operated uh, by Kenyan philanthropy. And in addition to that, we also walk organizations through a data roadmap, which essentially is all of the detail, all the technical detail uh, that sits behind the process, the collecting, processing, and analyzing data. And, and as, now as we're complex at point, as that, as that sounds on the as complex as that sounds on the data collection side, I imagine that that in the long run, that's actually the easier part of it um, because the education and the training and the the, the helping with identifying cultural uh, barriers to the sharing of data and, and understanding is probably the heavier lift. Um, and so once once you're able right. to to develop that kind of relationship, then the technical aspect of sharing the data, um, actually in hindsight, probably seems like the easier part of the work. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Ted. It's largely about building relationships, building trust, uh, coalescing the right group of people that have the uh, same mission in mind, I guess, and want to work together. And then the technical skill development is certainly the easier part for sure. And that's why uh, creating a value proposition is so important in any country and in this case in Kenya. And it also allows philanthropy to work with uh, the government and the broader development ecosystem um, by, able, by being able to tell that story and represent the sector. So it's really exciting so work. And, sorry, go ahead. It is exciting. It is exciting work. And I just wanted to share with, uh, with our listeners that uh, the uh, the foundation center will be a regular uh, contributor here on the nonprofit coach, um, and by way of backdrop, since uh, a lot of the work, the data collection, the the creating of sort of the the cultural acceptance of uh, data measurement, um, it does tie back to the SDG philanthropy platform. And just for our listeners, the sustainable development goals um, are the SDGs, officially known. Uh, as transforming our world, the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. And these are uh, goals that uh, were set at the United Nations with broad input, uh, sort of from the, the, the bottom up, really. Uh, and I think that it's fair to say, or at least I'll say it here on this show, that the Foundation Center serves one of those linchpin, uh, very important roles in making sure that there is a pathway to understanding that when we get to 2030, we certainly want to be able to measure what kind of progress did we make against these goals um, and along the way to understand uh, what's working, what's not working, and, and maybe some strategy shifts that need to be made between now and 2030 rather than sort of getting to, I suppose, 2031 and looking in hindsight and saying, gee, I wonder how we did. Uh, and without the sort of data collection and sort of the, the heavy lift of the education that you folks are doing, uh, I don't think there's really a way for us uh, as a planet, as a, as a people, um, to really understand how much progress we can make uh, between now and 2030. So I look forward to the, the continuing updates of the Foundation Center uh, that uh, Lauren, you and Kate will be uh, providing uh, here on this show, because I think that the, the broader community, the nonprofit sector, uh, and I apologize to those folks uh, that are watching over on Facebook that the video may be uh, a little bit shaky from time to time. I'm just this is our this is our first uh, time that we're over on uh, Facebook Live in addition to uh, doing the radio show. So those of you who want to listen to the entire conversation, please click on the the radio link. Um, and those that want to watch, where we are live here on uh, on Facebook today. Um, so again, Kate and uh, and Lauren, very important work that you're doing, and I think that this will be an ongoing education for the nonprofit sector as well. Uh, which is just one part of the overall puzzle of how we can make progress uh, towards 2030. So uh, I just wanted to sort of bring everybody up to date in terms of where all this fits. Uh, anything else that you folks want to share as part of this page one uh, uh, update or sort of the, this sort of initial um, installment on helping this uh, community understand their role, the role of the Foundation Center, the role of data collection uh, in making progress as a planet? Oh, thanks, Ted. Thanks for that. That was a really great summation. This is this is Kate. Um, I do want to just plug briefly, um, make a connection. I think Lauren just gave us a really fascinating look at all of the behind-the-scenes um, heavy lifting that has to happen um, to pipeline this data, you know, through, uh, you know, 
from, from the ground, uh, from in-country work, into these databases where you sit down, you plop down at your computer, you pull up foundation directory online, and finally you're making, um, you're making sense of, of what you're seeing happen out in the world. And so there's a really clear line drawn between that in-country work and what you're seeing on the other end of one of our products, whether it's one of our foundation map portals, um, whether it's the SDGs funder site itself, where you can see the mapping portal there, or whether it's Foundation Directory Online. Um, my quick plug, uh, my primary responsibility here is working with our Funding Information Network, um, which is one of Foundation Center's core strategies in disseminating knowledge about philanthropy uh, through local communities. Um, so right now we have more than 470 uh, Funding Information Network partners. Uh, these organizations are libraries, community foundations, nonprofit resource centers, and you can actually find these locations probably in your neighborhood or maybe in the neighborhood next door to you. Um, if you go to foundationcenter.org slash find us, um, at all of these locations you get free access to all of our uh, databases, so that's Foundation Directory Online, Foundation Maps, grants to individuals online. Um, you can also catch a class or two of our introductory proposal writing or finding grants classes. Um, and so that's really an opportunity to connect um, firsthand uh, with this whole series of, of events that Lauren outlined and really to start making knowledge out of all this data and to, to strengthen the work that you're doing in your local communities and globally. Um, so did want to just plug that briefly as well. Well, and I really appreciate that. And for, for any of our listeners today that are wondering, well, well how does this uh, connect with me? The, the SDGs, um, the Sustainable Development Goals, are a set of 17 aspirational global goals with 169 targets between them. Uh, so virtually the work of any nonprofit organization, any organization that is listening to this show, ties into making for better communities, making for a better planet, uh, and the work that you do is important. It is aspirational. Um, and learning how to measure that and learning how to understand uh, that your work in your local community is connected to uh, global efforts to make, uh, make life better on this planet uh, for people around this planet is extremely important. And, and I, I, I really believe that that is um, why it's going to be important for everyone uh, to join us here on the Nonprofit Coach and to catch every single one of the Foundation Center updates uh, because each and every uh, uh, piece of data and every training that you provide uh, will help us map uh, and learn uh, both from our successes and our failures on how we can do a better job as a community. So I want to thank both of you again for uh, the Foundation Center update, but also really helping us as a community to understand how connected we are. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you, Ted. Lauren and Kate, we look forward to having you back with us uh, next month. Uh, and uh, now it's time to get over to our page two expert uh, to make sure that we've got plenty of time uh, to get into our important topic today. So on to page two. So once again, just to give everybody a, an update, we are uh, broadcasting live over on Facebook today. You can find that dot com forward slash Ted Hart. Um, you'll find the radio link there to make sure that you can listen uh, to both sides of the discussion uh, today. So where it says listen live just below uh, my image, I guess, uh, will uh, give you the opportunity to listen live uh, and interact with our community. Uh, as we mentioned before, you can uh, send us questions uh, on in our uh, chat room. Uh, you can also uh, provide uh, us with um, the, uh, uh, your questions uh, via um, the uh, email at tedhart at tedhart.com, or we invite you to call in uh, to 347-324-3080. Uh, and uh, our page two expert today is Annie Rhodes. And Annie Rhodes is here uh, to share with us uh, the topic of leveraging technology, uh, blackboard outcomes, uh, but more importantly, tying into a theme that we've been hearing uh, as we've come back from our hiatus uh, is this issue of impact measurement. Annie Rhodes serves as the Director of Foundation Strategy in the MicroEdge Division of BlackBot. Uh, in this role, Annie helps philanthropic organizations leverage technology to optimize how they manage their giving and improve collaboration 
through funding partners and grant recipients. And he is also aiding uh, customers uh, who evolve from simple grant-making programs to results-focused giving programs that establish and measure outcomes and drive important impact. And again, back to that, that topic of impact. As part of this, Annie has led the development of BlackBot Outcomes, uh, and BlackBot Outcomes is a technology solution that helps funders and nonprofits track and measure the results of their giving programs. Uh, welcome here uh, to the nonprofit coach, Annie Rhodes. Thank you, Ted. Thanks for having us. It truly is a, an honor to, to be here, be part of uh, your welcome back from the summer hiatus, and also an honor to be on the same program as uh, some, some great partners uh, like GuideStar and Foundation Center, uh, all working. And they really the are, uh, yeah, they really are great partners, and, and it gives you a sense of the community that we have here. Uh, and the central nature of the work that we do to improve communities. But I think our topic today, and, I, and, and if you don't mind, I want to sort of delve right into, because we, we heard in, in some of the updates on, on the page one uh, side of this show, um, that we keep coming back to measuring data, impact. How do I know that I'm making a difference? So if, if you could sort of start off um, our page two today on what does that mean? Because that's a very big topic, and it comes in a lot of different flavors and sizes. It's, and it's, it's obviously a place I like to start the conversation. Uh, what, what are we all doing here? What, it, what, what does the, the work that we're doing, what does it mean? Have we moved the needle? And how do we know that we've, we've moved the needle? And we've had this opportunity over the past few years uh, to dive into research with funders, and now as part of BlackBod uh, to, to look at the research across nonprofits. And it's interesting, the challenges are very similar uh, where uh, funders are looking to understand the results of their giving, but they're looking at those results often or looking to find them often in the past, on past funding without that upfront uh, set of solid outcome measurements that they're driving to. And often we're, we're finding with the funders that we're working with that without that set up front, it's really hard to, to manage what that, that impact is long-term and then also to communicate that uh, with the nonprofits that they're funding. On the flip side, we have nonprofits who are also trying to share this information back with their funders, but but often don't know what the funders are looking for. Uh, so the, mm. the, the driving of that information often has a, a gets lost in, in translation. Well, in, in, in collecting the data and measuring the data and reporting the data, that, that all becomes very complex. And, and I think um, providing some guidance as to what is appropriate, because it, I think it was mentioned by one of our, uh, our earlier um, uh, guests today, that all data is not the same and, and, and then being able to measure and track that data. So, so how, how do um, our listeners make sense of the data that's before them and, uh, and begin the process of appropriately reporting to a number of constituencies, including their funders? I mentioned that we, we in, in the United States, in terms of our granting relationships, we have been collecting data and data and data. And, and some of that is making sure that the data we are collecting is meaningful and extracting from that the actual, did, did we hit the goal we intended to hit? Was that goal uh, specific? And does it show a, an actual change in behavior leading towards that impact? So the, the few key things for both the nonprofit funders, and it's funders across the spectrum of funding, uh, the most important thing is, is to get all of your stakeholders on board. So, so making sure uh, that if you, you as an organization are interested in tracking towards impact and understanding your outcomes, that you have every member of your staff engaged in that process and under, understand <clears throat> that, that you need to set up goals collectively and that you need to stay consistent. 
It doesn't mean that it, you, you don't pivot. We learn, we fund, we learn, we see insight uh, into the projects that we're funding. We get feedback on that, on those results from the organizations we're funding, and it's okay to pivot from there, but it's really important to have all of your your stakeholders on board at the beginning and set very clear expectations. So those are clearly communicated to the, the community that you're serving. Well, you said a lot in, in, and what I want to do is try to break that down for, for our listeners, because uh, you said you make it measurable, but it's all, this is also not top down. Um, this is, this is not an issue of, you know, where, where, um, you know, you're setting goals and those don't change over time. So you also mentioned learning, changing, pivoting. Um, so let, let's, let's break that down. So where, where do you start? I mean, I, I often, when, when folks are just getting started and, and looking at impact measurement, and they go online and they look at all these fantastic models that are very complex and certainly for very big projects that can happen. But but I, I, I often advise, and I want to ask you if you agree with this, is start small, start measurable, start, start with just a couple of data sets and understand where did that come from and set goals that are aspirational, but, but also set your organization up for success. Engage your community in understanding those. And then over time, what you're measuring and what you're trying to create um, a, a true sense of impact on can grow and become more complex over time because you can, and, and then I'll shut up and let you fill in the blanks here. I, I believe that a lot of organizations can become so um, bogged down in a process that they actually end up just spending a lot of time sort of studying the notion of impact and never actually measuring anything. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, you probably you, you read my mind on the start small and, and be targeted with your outcomes measurements. Uh, I would recommend both funders, nonprofits, social entrepreneurs as well, and others first do a market scan. So, so make sure you're asking the community that you, you, you are serving what they need and what, what change uh, they, they would like to happen in, in their community. Uh, then broaden your, your market scan and your market research. Go to the Foundation Center. Go to GuideStar. See who, who else is working in the, the areas that, that you're focused on and see what they're measuring towards. And then talk to, to your other stakeholders. So if you have funders already, if you work government, uh, if you're working with investors, uh, talk to your board and talk to your staff and make sure you pull all of that information in and then prioritize that, that small set of targeted outcomes and, and work on tracking towards those. So start, start off with that set and then grow from there and, and make sure you're communicating yeah. clearly to the, the projects that you're funding. Well, and you just brought up another very important concept that I wanna make sure that we accentuate and that is you don't always have to invent the wheel. You don't, you don't have to start from a, with literally a blank piece of paper. Um, learn from others. We heard in, in our page one today um, the way that you can use uh, GuideStar to identify similar organizations that are doing measurement, but, but also to learn what are they measuring uh, and to be able to begin benchmarking. So, so is, is benchmarking sort of the gateway to impact measurement? Is that, is that a, a way to start or, or do you recommend, you know, trying to actually understand and create impact measurement from the beginning? So I could offer both. I could see uh, a discussion on, on both sides. So I think benchmarking is really important, but, it, but it's somewhat aspirational in some of the areas in which, which we're working. Uh, so there, there is the, the recommendation to understand what you're working towards and start to head in that direction and then work towards that, that benchmarking. Um, what you want to make sure you're doing is working within the community. So understand other organizations that are trying to achieve the same results and whether there's synergies there, whether uh, you're, you're, you're good at uh, one part of, 
of that key element of that of that impact and maybe you partner with them and maybe you work together with them towards uh, those particular uh, impacts. But I, I would really recommend uh, for any of our listeners uh, that you could get started today. Uh, this is this is uh, achievable. Uh, there's more information and data available today. It exists with, within the technologies that you're using uh, for the funder side. In our tool, in our Blackbot Outcomes tool, we've created a, a funders and outcomes measurement uh, taxonomy uh, that uh, is growing. So it's sector sourced, uh, where uh, our uh, funders can can see what other outcomes measurements have been used or are being used across the world, and they can either select. From, from those ones or, or enter in their, their own. And with that, with that data uh, aggregation and collection, it really helps us grow and communicate more broadly to the, the nonprofits that we're working to serve on a daily basis. Annie, how much of this is being driven by funders and how much of it is uh, being driven by a desire to show outcomes to community? In other words, you know, it, our nonprofits uh, able to sort of naturally move in this direction, or do they need funders to sort of light a fire under them to say, you know, uh, benchmarking and impact measurement is important? So I think many uh, nonprofits are are actually driving this change. So they're they're trying to make sure they're focused on very specific results and that they're driving towards that, and they're they're educating funders. Uh, so that that is wonderful, and I would strongly encourage all of the the nonprofits on the line to continue doing that. So if you have very strong results, if you have results that there are lessons learned, make sure you share those out with the broader community and include the funding community in that. Uh, the fun the funding community, on the other hand, uh, this has been a topic we've been talking about so for longer than I've been in in philanthropy. Um, uh, it, it's really understanding what that return on that grant investment we're making. What, what have we changed? Uh, did our dollars mean anything? Did it change the lives of, of individuals? Mm -hmm. do, do, does this, uh, do, do these students now, are they in the, the workforce? Did that actually happen or were we okay with just making the grant and assuming that's happening? So I think it's, it's happening right. on both sides. There's a heightened interest uh, because uh, we, we've really diversified the field in terms of who's working, data available. We have great strong institutions like the ones that are on the line that, that are helping us analyze and see the data. Uh, and mm -hmm. and we, we want to know what that return is on the investment uh, that we're making. Well, and I think this, this allows the sector to sort of advance, uh, as we've discussed here on the Nonprofit Code several times, and it, this is certainly not universal, but there, there are a lot of organizations that, that sort of exist out, out of habit um, and sort of do the same thing, uh, manage the same way, go back to the same donors. And the vibrancy of what really makes a nonprofit organization really work is the capacity to make a difference. Um, and you can't make a difference if you can't measure the current state and set goals and then measure at a future time to see if, if you actually made a difference. So we're going to take um, just a, a really quick uh, break here. Um, and when we come back, I wanted to ask you uh, to uh, jump into helping us understand the outcome, uh, outcomes maturity model. Um, and we'll be right back. Life gets busy. Wouldn't it be nice to have a central place where you could save what's on your mind? With Google Keep, you can stay on top of your world by quickly and easily organizing everything you want to remember. No matter where you are, finalize door list for Thursday's gig. So when you find inspiration, you can file away your ideas 
and Google Keep stores them safely across all your devices. And when the time comes, you'll have everything covered. Save what's on your mind. Google Keep. Just a program uh, note, our next show, due to my travel, I will be in uh, Brazil at the Brazilian uh, Philanthropy Forum uh, at the beginning of October. And so our next live show here on The Nonprofit Coach will be on October 18th. So please go to tedhart.com to catch up on all the podcasts uh, that you may uh, have missed. Uh, but we will be back live on October 18th uh, with Nathan Dietz, and he will be providing us with an in-depth spotlight report, uh, which is really fascinating, on fundraising by human services organization. Uh, Mr. Dietz is a co-author of the spotlight report and is a senior research associate with the Urban Institute Center on Nonprofits and Philanthropy. Uh, so please make sure that you note your calendar for October 18th. Remember, our podcasts and archives are always available 24 hours a day at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. If you're listening live today, the phone lines are open. Call in and ask a question by dialing 347-324-3080. Now, back to The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. And we're back here live on The Nonprofit Coach. We're also uh, over on uh, Facebook, so you can uh, watch on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Ted Hart uh, for the video side, um, but also uh, please listen to us live. You can pick that up at tedhart.com or the link right on uh, Facebook. We're live here with Annie Rhodes, who is the Director of Foundation Strategy at MicroEdge Blackbaud. Uh, and before we went uh, on the, the break, Annie, I was hoping that coming back you could uh, talk to us about the recently released Outcomes Maturity Model. Sure, great. Uh, so our, I mentioned earlier our earlier research uh, around outcomes with the funders where we, we had 5,000 touch points a, a, across the globe. Uh, we learned from, from that research that 85% of the funders that responded were interested in tracking outcomes, but many of them didn't know how and, and where and what to do to get started uh, with, with tracking towards outcomes. We also learned in that initial research that for those organizations that were really interested in tracking towards outcomes, that, that only about 50% of them had really the organi organizational readiness, so, so budget, staff, uh, leadership support to start and manage towards outcomes. So after that initial re research, we wanted to, uh, to really look at that, that space and help those funders identify where they are in terms of readiness to track outcomes and then also provide them with a primer in terms of how to move to the, the next level. So the, our outcomes maturity model uh, is a body of work that was recently completed uh, by Michelle DeSabado, who's on uh, our MicroEdge Plus Blackboard team, and Libby, Libby Villa Valencio from the Rensselaerville Institute. And what the, the, out, the outcomes maturity model does is help answer those questions of uh, for, from funders, we've heard uh, we can get clear results from some grants, but it's not so easy from others. Uh, I'm not sure how one group of grants relates to another group of grants, and I'm not sure how to roll that up. Uh, which results uh, should we take credit for? And I'm smiling uh, on, that, on that one because we hear that often. But what uh, the maturity model does is there's a, a quick quiz I encourage uh, everyone to uh, fill out uh, the quiz. It just takes a few minutes and you can find that on micreg.com. But it puts you uh, in a category. So if, you're, if the results of the quiz take you to minimal, uh, then, there, then you understand that right now your organization has a limited to no focus on outcomes and we provide you with a few key steps to get to the next uh, uh, category, which is basic, uh, which is an ad hoc, open-ended, reactionary approach to, to outcomes, 
Then there's developing, which is integrated into your strategic giving, and then strategic, uh, which then you, you leverage uh, in terms of the way that you approach your grant making and giving. And then the final one, the top category, which just about 5% of the funders fall into, uh, is, is using outcomes results, so measurement results, to help inform your organizational strategy. So helping you, you pivot and learn uh, and, and continue that communication with the nonprofit organizations you're working with. So it's all it's, uh, an opportunity just to do some uh, self-organizational reflection uh, and understand what you need to do and ask for uh, from, from leadership or from your board uh, in order to really implement uh, a strong outcomes measurement approach to the work that you're doing. So, I should so again, this provides a model that, that can at least help you get started or understand the, the concepts. Uh, for our listeners, we've provided uh, a link uh, to the outcomes maturity model over on Facebook, uh, along with the, the, live, the live feed. Watching the, the clock uh, here, um, Annie, I just want to uh, also give you an opportunity. It's, it, September was a very busy month for conferences, um, and, and I wanted to ask you the main themes that you saw running through them, but also uh, Blackbaud has a big conference coming up uh, in just a month's time, so I was sure that you probably wanted uh, for our listeners that they knew more about that. So uh, let's make sure we get those plugs in. Okay, great. Thank you, Ted. So, so first, let's start off with uh, Blackbaud's conference. Uh, it's uh, BBCon at BBCon happening October 26th to 28th. Uh, it's filled with uh, wonderful thought leadership uh, uh, sessions, uh, many around outcomes measurement, uh, many around the sustainable development goals and education for our funders and nonprofits around the, the sustainable development goals. Uh, there are uh, thought leaders from the space, uh, many of the organizations, uh, including uh, yours, Ted, and the ones on the line today are participating, opportunity to learn, uh, connect with other uh, nonprofits, funders, public charities working in the, the sector around good. Uh, we're very excited for a very strong uh, uh, agenda, and we're looking forward to it. Uh, as part of the team, September the itself. The BBCon oh, conference, yeah. the BBCon conference itself is. Uh, I've, I've said on the show many times that uh, uh, BBCon, I, I believe, is one of the best-run conferences. Um, and certainly now with MicroEdge uh, involvement, um, it is expanding its capacity to cover so many more topics and to reach out to so many different audiences now than than even BBCon in the past had done. So uh, again, over on Facebook uh, with our live uh, feed today, I'm providing a link uh, for our listeners to the BBCon conference. Uh, so Annie, I'm thank sorry I, I interrupted Great. No, you. thank you. That's great. It's happening at the National Harbor uh, in Maryland across the bridge from D.C. So just a, a few other insights from this this past month of conferences, Mission Capital Conference in Texas, the SOCAP, so the Social Capital Markets Conference in San Francisco. And right now I'm, I'm attending, uh, taking a time out, but attending the Exponent Philanthropy Conference in Chicago, which is a conference for foundations with few uh, staff, uh, philanthropic families and donors, and just a few key themes I wanted to share with everyone, just at this intersection between funders and nonprofits. So one, the, the opportunity for, for these conferences, there's more of, of the world coming together. Uh, Blackbaud is uh, a, a supporter of this. It's, it's the reason why the MicroEdge family became part of the, the Blackbaud family. It's really bringing together the, the social good uh, space uh, under uh, one umbrella. Some of the key themes that, that I heard throughout these conferences, so partnerships and collaboration, it's, it's not a new theme, but what was really interesting was that partnerships, public-private, we talk about that often, but seeing some really good case studies 
around working with governments, uh, working uh, nonprofits, working with funders, working with investors. So uh, looking to diversify dollars and then partners coming in. And then also recognizing the human capital. So one, there was a lot of talk around investing in human capital. But it was also uh, around what what, do cor what else can corporate funders provide us with? Can they provide us with, with staff and volunteer time instead of always um, asking them for money? So that, that was really interesting. Uh, a few other key uh, highlights, social innovation and impact investing, a lot of comforts social entrepreneurs and getting that uh, uh, diversified funding. Access to technology, so a very different conversation than we were having ten year, five and ten years ago in the space, where the world is is very mobile and we have access to technology, and then that track, mm -hmm. analyze, measure, and then communicate your results. So the whole right. the whole point of of the tracking and understanding your impact is so we can help tell our stories to to attract more and be able to further our mission. So there, it does a lot see, of it does seem that a lot of a lot of these topics that, that used to be sort of very desperate and, and maybe even in silos uh, within organizations or with, with different organizations do seem to now be con sort of converging around the, the use of technology and data and programming and fundraising and nonprofit management and community uh, involvement, all those things that, that maybe have had a lot of very different paths seem to be coming together. and, and uh, and I think that uh, you know, part of what BBCon um, now represents, and I'm not even sure that it was, it was ever intended uh, to get there, but because of the various technologies and service provisions that, that BlackBot has brought together, um, very different voices are now coming together at the same conference. Yes, yes. And I just wanted to say one more thing, just on the earlier conversation of the Sustainable Development Goals, uh, I, I think a lot of our responsibility, all of us on the phone today, is really around education and training. And I would encourage everyone to check out the uh, uh, Sustainable Development Goals funders at sdg.org uh, that uh, Lauren and Kate and you were mentioning earlier. And then also the UN Global Compact uh, site where corporate are engaged around the sustainable development goals and they're actually leading a lot of the change and have engaged much earlier on and, and understand the need to connect. And I, I, I just wanted to mention that because I think that's a lot of our role in the effort is helping to tie everyone's mission, uh, help them understand the importance of connecting to, the, to that broader body of work and sharing. Exactly. And I, and I just want to accentuate what, what you're saying there because uh, we only have about two minutes left, so, so we do need to, uh, to wrap up today. Uh, but, you know, when we last spoke a few months ago, you know, this whole issue of, of outcomes and measurement and, and, and now you're putting on the table, you know, education. I really want to urge uh, our listeners today to take this time to, as you just pointed out, learn and understand and start mapping your involvement with the SDGs and your connection to global goals, because this is only growing. Uh, and I think that, that being knowledgeable in this area, looking at outcomes, measuring outcomes and impact um, seem like good ideas now, but I think they're going to very quickly become core competencies that are going to measure the difference between failure and success in the future and not just be a good idea. So I want to thank uh, you, Annie Rhodes, Director of Foundation Strategy, MicroEdge, and uh, BlackBot uh, for being my guest here on The Nonprofit Coach. Uh, 90 seconds, how can my guests reach you? Uh, so, so guests can reach us, uh, me via email. We could share that out, uh, aroads.microedge.com. Uh, you can join us at, at BBCon. Uh, we'll, we'll be there and looking forward to connecting with you. Uh, you could check us out at uh, blackbot.com and microedge.com uh, to log in to take our, our maturity model quiz. And we will make sure that your uh, email address is added to uh, the live feed over on Facebook today uh, so that everybody uh, can, uh, can reach you if uh, they have 
questions or updates or information, or just want to make sure they get a chance to see you at, at uh, BBCon, as I look forward to seeing you uh, at BBCon. Again, thank you for being our guest today. Uh, for all of our uh, listeners here, make sure that you have us on your calendar for October 18th. Sorry, that's a few weeks away due to the travel to the Brazilian uh, uh, Philanthropy Forum. Uh, but uh, use this time, get caught up uh, over at tedhart.com on the podcast. Uh, Annie, thank you so much uh, for being my guest here today. We are done. You've been listening to the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show with Ted Hart. Tell all your friends to check out our production schedule and download our iPod and iPad-friendly podcast at tedhart.com. Thanks for listening to the Nonprofit Coach. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.